Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history, in 1945, the greatest maritime disaster in history. No other greater maritime disaster has ever happened. It occurred as the German ocean liner, the Wilhelm Gustloff, was sunk by a Soviet submarine, resulting in the deaths of an estimated 9,000 people. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your host, Zachary, and here is the part of the recording where I would love to yell Scotland forever, but in an act of kindness to editing Zach, I shall remain dignified and calm in my saying of Scotland forever. My name is Megan, and tonight I am going to be your resident UFOologist, because every time I read Wikipedia, they tell me that that is definitely a job. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that Casper the Friendly Ghost died of pneumonia. Holy shit. And I also learned that there's a diaper bed and breakfast in New Hampshire. I, a diaper bed and breakfast. And I, I also I hate it. I also just learned that there was a victory for transgendered people in Ohio because the Ninth That's Circuit good. Court of Appeals just upheld a federal injunction that gender affirming care bans for trans youth is likely unconstitutional. So those are the three things that I learned today. But yeah, let's some talk good about news, this. Some bad news, some middling. I mean I want to go back to the diaper. Yeah, cafe. I was about to say the the no, bad no, no, news is not. definitely the bad news is definitely the diaper B and B in New Hampshire. My Let's friend who lives my friend who lives in Virginia sent me a post or sent me like a link to it, and she goes, "Hey, what the fuck is going on with you guys up there?" And I was like, "Dude, some people just want to be in diapers." Mm. And then I uh, <laughs> decided to cry. Yeah, no, I saw a blip about that, and I read two sentences, and I said, this makes me viscerally uncomfortable, and then I yeah. put it down. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not you, great. You know me, I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. I say that quite I mean, often. Some, but we can some yuck this yums one. need to be yucked. Yeah. This is a yum that needs to be yucked, for sure. Yeah, I think that's okay. I think some yums do absolutely need to be yucked. Yeah. And this is yeah. one of them. I like, Guys, again, if you I like... listen to our podcast and you happen to be into diaper play, do us a favor and never mention it. <laughs> and never. I don't want to hear I it. I will automatically ban you. From okay. life. life. So wow. here's here's my thing. Yeah. I have I have a, an opinion on this. And a diaper as fetish. A straight, as a straight white man, I'm gonna say <laughs> it whenever I fucking feel like it. <laughs> okay. Um, I I don't sit there and be angry because this exists because that's stupid and I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. I'm here because and and being upset about it and being like no 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 thank you about it because the way that it's oh. happening right now is it because you hate baby talk? Oh, I do hate baby talk. That is a big part of it. But also B it's one of those things where it's like look, you're it's so blatant and open and like out there in your face and normally that's not something that bothers me but like I think there's a certain like fun taboo to some of these things that just got taken away in this one thing and I'm like 
oh, okay, like, there's no, like, So what you're saying fun? is that it's it's fine for people to do it in the confines of their own home, but once you make a bed and breakfast dedicated to being in a diaper, I... the, kink, the kink of it goes out the window because other people know. <laughs> Kind of like <laughs> if that makes I mean, any sense at all. That's it's kind like, of fair. Like for me, like I mean, at least in, in in my experience with certain things, it's like, all right, yeah, cool. Like, do what makes you happy and what makes you feel good, as long as you're. It's not to the detriment of other human beings. That's Love fair. that. That's a good. It's point. great, but you like. You took away the secret fun of it. <laughs> like, yeah. The secret fun. If that makes any sense at all, it's like, ooh. I mean, no, I think, I, I, I yeah, think it I, does. That's fair. I think uh, I, I was probably a little harsh a moment ago when I said that, I mean, don't tell us about your kinks. First of all, don't tell us about your kinks, because why would we need to know? Um, but also, <laughs> like, I, I think I agree with Zach's point, which is, like, if you're not hurting anyone... Unless that's, like, the kink involved. If you're not hurting anyone without every party's consent, <laughs> yeah, then you're free to do whatever makes you happy in life. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yucky. Yuck. Um, not a big fan of diaper play. <laughs> Neither am I. Neither not, am I. Not sure that I could get over that mental jump. Yeah. That mental hurdle. That mental hurdle. All right. I personally uh, am no. It, that's huh? personally, it's a no from me, dog. It's a no. It's a no from me. <laughs> uh, and myself, and probably Megan, based on her reaction yeah. so far. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, listeners, we fair. have reset all of our strikes to zero. Even one of our um, Discord chat patreons, patrons, uh, patrons, Corinna, she got a strike. She didn't know. I didn't say. That she got a strike for this, but she got a strike <laughs> for talking negatively about herself. We don't allow that kind of thing in this community. I, I, I said only no, nothing but the indomitable human spirit is allowed in that chat. We're not. Huh? I mean, guys, if you want to be a part of our Discord chat where we just talk freely with our audience, that's fine. Like, become a patron. Fucking join the Discord. But if you talk negatively about yourself, you do get strikes. <laughs> uh, but I did wipe out the strikes, so we're okay. Uh, we also it, it has been reset. Um, we also played a fake game of rock paper scissors uh, to determine the order. And tonight the order is me, and then after me is Megan, and then after Megan is the last member of the triumvirate. So it would be Zach in this case because there's only three of us, and thus. It could only be Zach. Does that there make sense? There could only be one Highlander. Does that make sense, friends? I mean, there. Maybe there's like another person that we don't know about. There could a be a secret I mean, fourth member. Steve is a secret fourth member. Steve is kind of like the the secret fourth member. He's the D'Artagnan of the uh, Three Musketeers. Does that was that right? Been a while since D'Artagnan yes. is like the fourth member of the Three Musketeers, right? Yes. Okay. I wish I had ever read it. Um, I'm gonna start. Okay. Tonight yeah. I'm talking about uh, instead of a gentleman crimesman, which is Zach's territory, I'm mm -hmm. talking about a gentleman warsman. A gentleman warsman. Uh. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, do tell. Do tell. We, we typically refer to them as soldiers. <laughs> uh, oh, is that what we're calling them now? They're gentlemen warsmen oh. now. Well, this guy specifically oh. is a gentleman warsman. Warsman. I, um, I don't want to cut you off too much, but there was a something I wanted to say because I just I you saying gentleman warsman reminded me of this. Okay. Um, I saw a bit from a comedian, and man, oh man, did it fucking hit home. And also, I need a th way to complain about the government today, so here it is. Okay. Um. And this comedian was like, he, someone who was doing like a live set, and this guy was like, "How do you feel about veterans?" And he was like, "I, I don't, I don't know. All I know is that this country found out a long time ago that it's much cheaper to worship them than it is to take care of them." And I was like, "Oh, oh my god, oh, fuck! Oh. You right, but oh, oh damn. no, he said the quiet part out loud. That was a a cut." 
And that's all. That's all I wanted to say because I was like, man, you're right. And again, I need a way to complain about the, the government today. So here it is. Yeah. What the government do to you today? We'll talk what about it later. Don't they do to me? Okay. All right. Continue with your Warsman story. Uh, so, gentlemen, Warsman, his name is Adrian Paul Gillane Carton Devart. What a fucking name. All right, I was... That's seven names. Is that it? Is that it? Is <laughs> I that mean, his whole name? That is his full name. Uh, he, right. he later on in life added a sir to it. So he was Sir Adrian <laughs> Paul yeah, Gillane Carton Devart. But, um, so Adrian... Adrian! Uh, was Adrian. born to a rich family on May 5th in 1880. Way to go for being rich. Yeah, way to be born rich, buddy. <laughs> way to be born rich, um, bud. Yeah, wow. You you did so well. Way to go. Way to win Getting the... that, like, favorable spawn. Reading the needle, the being born rich. Uh, he had a typical rich kid childhood where he, uh, he was born in Brussels in Belgium. And for mm. most of his childhood, he would... <laughs> typical rich kid, born in Belgium. Um, he <laughs> All these Belgian rich kids. <laughs> he bounced between Belgium and England for a while while he was a child, um, and at a certain point, he gets sent to um, boarding school by his stepmother because his parents ended up getting divorced. Um, oh my God, it's a whole thing. I didn't feel like I needed to get into it to talk about. Uh, now this. that's that's some middle class shit right there. That so is now that I'm is some middle class on. shenanigans. <laughs> unless you factor in the fact that his rich father had a mistress. Well, I don't yeah, know if that's the case because I didn't bother. Yeah, he's rich. He's supposed to have mistresses. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it all of just, a sudden becomes upper class when you when you take that into account. Um, yeah, that's why it's a mistress and not a side hoe. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so he gets sent to a boarding school in England in 1891. Um, the ripe old age of 11. He mm -hmm. goes to college. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, he's practically ready to, like, get a W-2 at that point. Like, come on. <laughs> he had he, a W-2 when he was born. At 11? Yeah, he's like, been working. On, uh, I think his W two says uh, at the teat of capitalism. Yeah. He was working at the teat. Yeah, and they just paid him for it. That's crazy. Um. So anyway, so he goes to boarding school, eighteen ninety one. Uh, he ends up going to college uh, in Oxford. Um, I don't know if he actually went to, like, Oxford College, but he did go to college in Oxford. Um, but he ends up leaving university in oh. 1899 so that he can mm -hmm. join the army. The story did okay. eventually have to lead him to war because I did introduce him as a gentleman warsman. That is true. Um, yeah. It was inevitable. It was inevitable. <laughs> He... War, war never changes. <laughs> yeah. He um he lied on the documents while he was applying to the army. He said that he was 25, but he was only 19. Hell um, yeah, brother. Obviously. Uh I don't think the army cares. Huh? I don't think the army cares back in the day. I mean, not really. Back in that time probably not or a little bit less so. That actually no. Uh, the U.S. Army loves feeding 18-year-olds to the meat grinder. Um, they love it. So he ends up serving in what's called the Boer War, B-O-E-R, not B-O-A-R. And I could, be, I could be mispronouncing it. It could be Boer War. Anyways. The um, Boer War. It's a war which was held between the British Empire and um, two colonies in South Africa that were the Boer colonies. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately for Adrian, he ends up getting injured very early in the war. Um, he takes a, a... I mean... Yeah. A f unfortunately or fortunately? It's unfortunate. Because he joined the army to be in the army. Yeah, but like... He wanted to be a gentleman warsman. He got warsman. out of jail free. 
Yeah, but you did it, and you just got injured really fast. Yeah. So it's he unfor- saved himself a lot of time. It's unfortunate for him. He wanted to be. He this wanted to be in the wars. Yes, I guess. Because uh, he fucks with the war. <laughs> so, anyways, where am I in my script? In my little notes. In your notes. In my notes. Where am I in my notes? So, unfortunately for him, he does end up getting injured early in the war. He takes a wound to the stomach, and he also takes a wound to the groin. And the British army... Two bad places to get injured, I guess. They are bad places to get injured. Uh, The British army sends him home to his father, and his father had not been aware that he left school to join the army. (laughs) Oh, okay. Papa, I have bad news. I've been injured. And he's like, at school? Papa, I have two bits of bad news. Tell me them both. I left school and got shot twice. No, no, no. Hold on. Hear me out. That that actually goes, Papa, I have bad news. Two things. One, one, I left school. Two, you're never having a grandchild. Well, I don't know that his ball sack got shot off. He did just get shot in the groin. I know, but look, this is a comedy history podcast, That's so I'm fair. just going to be no, like... you're absolutely he right. He got shot in the dick. He got shot directly in the dick. And actually now looking up whether <laughs> or not he had exact injury. <laughs> no, I'm not looking up whether... Like, I want to see pictures of this guy's sack after he got shot. Um... <laughs> I want photo evidence. I want photo evidence of him having been shot in the balls. Um, so anyways. I want to see it. So he goes Picture home. His father happen. his father is, is very angry <laughs> that he uh, had left school to join the army, but ultimately decides to let him stay in the army. Um, okay. Adrian recovers and gets okay. sent with a unit to India in 1902. And part of his um, part of his recovery was him focusing on his physical fitness. Uh, so he does activities uh, like running, jogging. Um, for the revenge bod. Yeah, for the revenge. Yeah. Um, it's like a scene at a Rocky. Uh, montage. Which, uh, montage. It's going to be a montage. So he runs, he jogs, he goes swimming, he plays sports. Um, one of his favorite sports ends up being polo. Uh, and <laughs> Typical so, rich person shit. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I know, typical rich person shit. Um, he, he gets sent to India, and many of his friends that were in the company that he was uh, in in India said that he was a gentleman. Uh, who, quote, must hold the world record in foul language. Must he? Yeah. (laughs) I guess this guy just loved to be uh, foul. Just loves to say swear words. Um, His unit gets sent from India back to South Africa in 1904, and he gets... I don't know if it would be considered a promotion from, like, just general soldier to, like... He gets assigned to a position called aide-de-camp, which is essentially a secretary to uh, the person who's running the camp at the time. Or running okay. the... Well, his dick did get shot off. He was He, he did was get his dick shot off, that's for sure. Mm. Um, so he ends up becoming the aide-de-camp to uh, a gentleman by the name of Sir Henry Hildyard. Which, you know, take take that as a last name. Um, <laughs> take, I was like, take that I, I don't as know, what? Dude, okay. I don't, I, Do, um, like, this guy has 19 names. I, like, this guy only has one, so I don't... You ever had one of those sentences where you don't know where it's going to finish? Because I just did. Um, so anyways, he becomes the aide-de-camp, which gives him just enough time to do all of these extracurricular things that he gets to enjoy. So he's essentially assisting uh, this guy with his day-to-day duties, and then he gets to go out and play polo with his highfalutin friends. Um, Up until this point, or 
in the entirety of his service to the British Army, because he was born in Brussels, as I mentioned, he had always been a citizen of Belgium until he swore uh, oaths on September 13th of 1907, which uh, made him a full-blown, naturalized English citizen. Um, in 1908, if you think this guy's name is bad, uh, in 1908, he gets married to Countess Frederica mm -hmm. Maria yep. Carolina yep. Henrietta Rosa Sabina Francisca Fugger von Babenhausen. When is it over? <laughs> that's, 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 that's it. Babenhausen. That's <laughs> <laughs> Every single the, new name felt like an assault. Yeah, no, it was a machine the official, gun's worth. <laughs> the official name of this episode is going to be Too Many Names. Too Many just... Names. Too Many Names in the Kitchen. Um, so she <laughs> is the eldest daughter of um, some... Another Babenhausen? Is, yeah, Carl the Fifth. Carl uh, Prince, Babenhausen. Prince oh. of the Fugger Babenhausen um, clan. I, it's just so... I don't know how. <laughs> uh, but this ends up getting him uh, pretty, pretty high-end access to a lot of, like, more rich people. Nice. This is just... He does. I love having more access to rich people. So, well, I mean, when you're rich, you're rich. But when you marry a countess... Yeah, that's a different kind of rich. It's a different kind of... Yeah. So between his marriage in 1908 and um, when he goes back to war in 1914, he does a bunch of fucking hobnobbing with some some pretty big names in the uh, in the Belgian royalty Ari community. The Belgian aristocracy? Um, but, yeah. Uh, that well-known aristocracy. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he knows the prime minister of Belgium. Okay. Okay. He, like, he just hangs out with a bunch of fucking... Belgian guys. Like, I wish I knew the Prime Minister of Belgium, even like his name, right now. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. fucking tell you. If so. I had a gun <laughs> to my head, I wouldn't be able to pick that man out of a lineup. Yeah, no. But could you identify his penis? Um, <laughs> um, is it shot off? So anyways, uh, he just hobnobs with a bunch of rich people. Uh, and then in 1914, something happens. Mm -hmm. mm. The first of two. His dick grows back. Some world wars. Shot. <laughs> the first of two world wars happens. All right? The no. war to end all wars. After this war, no other wars exist. Not allowed. I knew it. They hit. It's not. It's World War Uno, guys. We're just fucking stacking up cards. Um. Plus four. So Adrian <laughs> uh, starts World War One in the British Somaliland theater. Um, mm -hmm. And he ends up getting shot twice, uh, which seems to be a theme for him. Okay. This guy fucking loves getting shot. <laughs> he gets, I know, bullets are magnetized to him. He gets shot in the ear. Oh, oh, no. And he okay. gets shot in the face, which uh, costs him an eye. Oh, that sucks. In He's running out of body parts. He, he is, and he's going to continue. Because in 1915, he and the group that he's with get sent to the Western Front. And in the span of a year, he gets injured many more times. Uh... <laughs> These injuries, and I'll read them for you, are that he lost his left hand. Oh, uh, yep. 
Before he lost his left hand, though, a doctor refused to amputate on him. And so he ripped his fingers off himself. Why? They had to come off, apparently. Because they had to come off. But the doctor wasn't going to do it, so he was just like, fuck it, I'll do it. Uh, So he pulls his fingers off, and then the hand does eventually get removed entirely. He got shot in the skull and the ankle. Okay. Yep. He got shot in the hip. And then he got shot in the leg and then shot again in another ear. Okay. So the man's riddled with bullets at this point. Um, Damn. He's less of a man. He's making Andrew Jackson look like a pussy. Little. Yeah. He's like half. Swiss cheese at this point. July yeah. of 1916, he is awarded the Victoria Cross, which is the highest okay. honor uh, for gallantry that can be bestowed to a member of the British Army at the time. Okay. I don't know if that's still the case today. I didn't look into it. Uh, but he gets... Um, what was interesting while I was researching this guy is that he gets a ton of like temporary promotions where, like, they uh, award him a rank above the one that he's in for, like, one round of combat, and then he <laughs> gets demoted again. Um, why? I don't know. But he gets a lot of these temporary promotions, and then just before the end of the war, he's given the command of an entire brigade, and one okay. of the members... Uh, said that they were scared to have him as a commander because uh, he was known as, quote, a fire eater, missing no chance of throwing the men under his command into whatever fighting happened to be going. He's like, if I have to be filled with holes, you have to be filled with holes. (laughs) If If I get to be made of Swiss cheese, exactly. Yeah. If I'm made of Swiss cheese... (laughs) You will be made of Swiss cheese, you too. and we will be the Swiss Cheese Brigade. The Cheese um, Brigade. The Cheese Brigade. The Cheese Brigade. They will call. They will fear us. Are you? Are you good? Yeah, we're good. I guess. Are you, are you good over there? Um. So, after World War One, um. Sorry, it just came to mind the, uh, whatever her name is, Kunk or whatever, where she was like, they were <laughs> oh, being yeah. very pessimistic, calling it World War One, huh? And the guy's <laughs> like, well, I didn't think they thought there'd be a second war, so it was just the World War then, but we've called it World War One because there was a second. Anyways, um, he, uh, was asked about the war. Yeah. Um, given the fact that he got shot so many times, and he <clears throat> said he's quoted as saying, "Frankly, I had enjoyed the war," right? <laughs> Which is crazy. Um, Are you sure? Huh? Are you sure that you enjoyed it? That's yeah. That's what's weird about it, right? Mm. Um, but he uh, survives World War One by the skin of his teeth, by the sounds of it. Um, and he ends up getting sent to Poland, and I'm uh, I'm gonna take a, a page out of Zach's book, and I'm gonna leave uh, the rest of this man's life story for the next time that we record, because there's a lot to talk about, and uh, I've already been talking for a long so time. Little, so little time to do it. Yeah, Fair so enough. I'm. This was. Uh, this was his his first, uh, or this was the story about his his World War One experience. <laughs> Next time, well, I get to tell you about yeah. his World War Two experience. Stay tuned. Yeah. You'll figure out how many more holes and where he got them. Next time. Yeah. Next time <laughs> on Dragon Ball Z. Next uh, time on Dragon Ball guys, Z, can we how just, many more holes? Can we just talk? Well, how many more names? Can we just talk about this woman's name for half a second? Countess. Sure. Frederica. Countess. Maria. 
Carolina, Henrietta, Rosa, Sabina, Francisca, Fugger, Von Babenhausen. That's like 10 names. It's so many yeah. names. It's an uncomfortable That's so many. It's, an, it's a good amount of names. It's a good amount of names. It's a, it's a good amount. All right. So anyways, that was my so, story. And now I go next. You do go next. Mm-hmm. As per the Thank written you. instructions. As, as, as per the written instructions. Um, I... I've named my story a strange encounter. Yes. Okay. Uh, I know that that's not a spicy name. <laughs> I mean, it depends but on how spicy your story is. They don't all have to be we'll spicy see. names, Megan. That's true, but I pride myself on the spice. Fair enough. She's uh, the spice queen. So, the spice queen. Uh, so, the United States has a lot of alien encounters. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's answer for. <laughs> it has Zach it also has so a lot to answer for. This. At I any know. point so in time. Tonight. At any point Why? in time, Zach is waiting I just for really an opportunity need to, know. to be like... What did it do to you today? It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> Okay. It, you're right. It doesn't matter. Every day is violent. Yes. Um, so it has a lot to answer for and it has a lot of alien encounters that it also needs to answer for um i'm gonna make up a stat here and it's going to shock you uh one of every two people in the united states has been abducted by aliens so thank you for telling me that it's a made up stat (laughs) one out of every two people in the united states has been abducted so if you and your friend are standing next to each other and you yeah, know of, you haven't you. been abducted by aliens. <laughs> yeah, one of you has. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, so the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter is a little different than your run-of-the-mill I was taken into a UFO and only have vague memories of what transpired event. Yeah. Uh, so... On the evening of August 21st, 1955, when there were no home security cameras, five adults and seven children arrived at the Hopkinsville, Kentucky Police Station, claiming that small alien creatures from a spaceship were currently attacking their farmhouse. Oh, jeez. Okay. Like, they, they were, like, in the process of attacking the farmhouse. Uh, like, they had to stop fighting the good fight, which had been going on for nearly four hours with gunfire, to come to the police station and be like, we need reinforcements. <laughs> we need the fucking National Guard Nobody now. else in <laughs> we, town heard the gunshots? Well, this is in 1955 in rural Kentucky. Yeah, so what you're saying is that their cell phones didn't work? Yeah, I'm saying their cell phones did not work. Okay. So, these people were like, we really saw aliens like and the our first instinct was to go pew pew and when that didn't work we came to the police nice and so two of the adults claimed that what they had been shooting at were short dark figures who repeatedly popped up at the doorway and 
peered into the windows. They grabbed people's hair and they were flying across the sky from tree to rooftop and just like avoiding capture in general. And the number of figures ranged from 12 to 15 with reports that there were also flying saucers zipping across the sky. Uh, I was about uh, the to figures... ask, like, is there a possibility that they were fighting baby mothmen? <laughs> baby but mothmen. You, but then you said UFOs and that, yeah. that cleared it up. It, it could only be mm, one thing. It, did, it can only be one thing. So the figures were also described as having large eyes and being only about three feet tall. They had thin legs and human-like hands and maybe antenna. Maybe. Um, Only maybe. Uh, Listen, they were popping up everywhere. There's the gunfire. This had been going on for four hours. I think (laughs) after four hours, you should know what your enemy looks like. Well, it was, I, I don't know, it was dark. That, Maybe they also didn't have electricity oh, in 1955. Who I can see. say? Okay. Yeah, so their cell yeah. phones weren't working because the electricity hadn't been invented yet? It was out. The, uh, the Wi-Fi was yeah. out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the fact or that they security didn't have cameras. cell phones, Zach, is a, is a matter that we can forget about, okay? <laughs> So they also said that when they were shooting these creatures, they'd float to the ground and then they'd escape. And that when a bullet hit one, it sounded like it was hitting a tin can. Were they just fighting tin uh, cans? Maybe they're just fighting tin cans. I was going to say, it sounds like, you know, they think that scarecrows are like aliens or some shit. The scarecrows might be aliens. It's a little hard to... Who can say? Who can okay. say? So the police, the police were obviously very concerned, considering they were like, "Is this just a gun battle happening between regular people? Like, we yeah. we can't have a shootout in 1955. That's not acceptable anymore." So they sent in the cavalry with four city police cars, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs, and four military police officers from a nearby fort. And at this point, I assume they've pulled in everyone they possibly can who has a pulse in Kentucky, because that seems like a lot of people. (laughs) That sounds like you said, what, 1955? It's 1955 in rural Kentucky. Yeah, it sounds like everybody that lives in Kentucky in 1955. Yeah, that sounds like literally that's everybody. So, what was it? I said that's the whole state. It's the whole state. It's everyone it's a big who's state, involved but not in a populous shooting. one. And then all the people everyone. that they just called in to fix the problem. Yeah, that's, that's like nineteen all of people. All that's of Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, so, all of these people head over to the Sutton Farm because this is the Sutton family. Uh, which is located in the town of Kelly, because I don't think Kelly, which was very small, had a police station. And much like you would expect, they don't fucking find anything except for evidence of gunfire. Okay. So everyone, the entire state of Kentucky goes home. And the next day, the family is just gone. They left the house claiming that the creatures had returned later on around 3.30 in the morning and their neighbors were just like, they just like got up and left in the middle of the night. Like they're not dealing with this anymore. Okay. Um, So now there are, there are people who like argue against this story being aliens. Like there are a lot of UFOologists who are like, this is an encounter of the third kind. Like this is a very like, this is like a pivotal moment in like just people meeting aliens, but other people are like, well, well, things like aren't really adding up here. So the first is that in the original telling before the newspapers got a hold of this story and started twisting it around, the flying saucers were just like lights streaking across the sky. And at the time that this was being reported on, the Kappa Cygnids, um, which is a meteor shower, was taking place. Okay. Which could be seen over this part of Kentucky. Then, 
that leaves the aliens themselves. And skeptics have posited that it wasn't little green men, which this is the story where that phrase comes from when we refer to aliens as like little green men and like what they look like with the big heads and the big eyes and like the skinny arms. This is where it comes from. This is ground zero for it. Um... They said it wasn't aliens, but great horned owls. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, dude. And when I read this, I was like, this seems implausible. But then I started, they started like cooking. They started explaining what great horned owls look like. And let me explain. These are pretty big ass birds. Yeah. They stand over two feet tall have large reflective eyes, little legs that they hop around on, and they can fly. They are also super active at night and are very territorial, which would explain why they were attacking people. Okay. And you add this to the fact that the original testimonies say that there were only two of the creatures at a time, at a time, like, when this starts. Yeah. That maybe it wasn't actually aliens, but maybe it was a bunch of tired hicks <laughs> who were fighting owls with guns. Could we talk about the possibility that maybe hours. it was the only two aliens in Kentucky? That's also true. Okay, yep, yep. I hear you. Look, I'm just saying it could um, still be aliens. I mean, it still could very it's well not. be aliens, like it's I said. Not, but like, it could be. It could be. And this is like a lot of UFOologists, like Uh-oh. in cryptozoology, people Uh-oh. look at this. I couldn't hear any of Hi, what you, you just said. Me? Sorry, yeah. Oh, okay. No, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, yeah, so a lot of people, like, in that community, like in the cryptozoology community and like the alien hunting community, look at this as like a very well documented event that proves, quote unquote, that aliens exist. Because they're gotcha. like, there's enough plausible deniability that like it's not green horn owls, but it also could not like not actually be aliens. Owls. Yeah, it could also not be them, but it also could be them. Um, But, like, the story has gotten twisted and, like, hyper-focused on throughout the decades that, like, it's just a little bit more interesting, isn't it, if it were little green men? Oh, absolutely. I still am making Uh, a case for baby Mothman. mm. I I want to believe that. Where is Mothman? Mothman's a like Pen- uh, Pennsylvania thing. Virginia? He's no, in Virginia. Is it Pennsylvania? Sorry, it's, yeah. It's Virginia. It's Virginia, right? I'm yeah, sorry I blasphemed okay. against Virginia and Mothman. <laughs> Let's be honest. Cryptids can fucking vacation too, all right? Maybe Where is like, Mothman Festival? Maybe Mothman decided to take his babies to Kansas. And they <laughs> yeah, decided exactly. to terrorize some hillbillies. I'm going to go... Let's go to Mothman Festival. Fuck yes. yeah. Okay, Mothman Festival. Mothman Festival 2024, September 21st and 22nd. Celebrate the legend. Where is yeah, it? Yeah, let's go. In Virginia? It's Virginia. Um, listen, I'm, I'm looking. It, I'm I looking mean, exactly where it is. It has to be in Virginia. It has to be Virginia, but also where? September 21st where and 22nd, you said? Yeah. All right, I'm going to look at my calendar right now. Attractions and events, mostly people dressing up as Mothman. <laughs> That's a Saturday and a Sunday. I should be able to make that work. Yep. Okay, it's in West Virginia. West Virginia. No, wait, it commemorates the, 1990- it, the 1966 Point Pleasant West Virginia Mothman sighting. Yes. Either way, we're okay. getting crazy for some Mothman. We're doing it. We're going. Yeah. Let's do it. Where is the festive FAQ? Where is it located? FAQ. Okay. FAQ, for those Festival. of you that don't know, stands for frequently Fuck. asked questions. <laughs> it's held annually in downtown Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and features oh live music, merchandise, We're going. 
food trucks, cosplays, speakers, and of course, us. Cool. We're going. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's my story. You guys, is it, uh, Zach, you're up. I'm up. All right. Let's do this. So, in regards to my previous statement of Scotland forever, if you can't tell, um, I'm, I'm going to talk about Scotland today. He's telling a story about Ireland. I'm... <laughs> I mean, okay. He's telling like, us. No, but also the Irish do kind of come into play with, like, a lot of times when you talk about Scotland because the British suck. Um, <laughs> yes. So I'm going to be talking no. about Scotland tonight and, oddly enough, playing cards. Go on. Dot, dot, dot. Um, dot, dot, dot. Because if you don't know or you're not just generally aware, uh, the Nine of Diamonds in a deck of cards is colloquially referred to as the Curse of Scotland. Oh. Which I don't know how that's colloquially called or it must be called in some very specific circles because I've never fucking heard of that in my life other Just than today. The Scottish. Just the Scottish call it that. <laughs> Just the Scottish call it that. But what the heck, what the fuck do I know? Either way, the Nine of Diamonds carries the moniker of the, the Curse of Scotland. Um, and even better is the reasoning behind that statement and that like idea is so speculative and unsure that it's there's no historical accurately like accurate historical this is definitely why it's done that way there's just a lot of wild theories out there which a ga game theories out there my favorite kind of history is the kind of history where we just throw spaghetti at the wall, hoping some of it sticks. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So let's start slinging these historical nudes, spelled N-O-O-D-S, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, the thing is, though, before we get into the fun part of history, like, you know, the topic itself of history, we're going to have to do some homework first. Because there's some important information going into this. Hey, Zach. Yeah? I just wanted to cut in and say that we haven't done our ad read yet. We weren't doing an ad read tonight, were we? We were. We were? Yeah, we mentioned it in the chat earlier that you need to talk about Magic Mind. Oh, that is true. I am sorry. I will fix this in post. But yes, you're right. We haven't done our ad read tonight. Um, hey, folks. It's us here at the Triumvirate Productions. Uh, it's us. And <laughs> it's us. It's us. If you couldn't guess, oh my god! It's a me. <laughs> we're we're part of the thing you're listening to. Yeah, we're the thing you're listening to. Um, so yeah, we uh, have a sponsor today for the show, Magic Mind, um, and we talked about them last week. Um, we talked about how they're a nootropic. Nootropic. I don't, I don't know how exactly to pronounce that word. But nootropic is, a, is probably right. Nootropic brain-boosting little drink, and it comes in a little teeny tiny shot. Um, and I talked about yesterday, and I'll reiterate today, how it's pretty great. I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday, uh, and I work in a hard laborous job until two, sometimes three. Sometimes we'll see when I get out, because that's how life works sometimes. And when I get out of work at two, I'm like, man... I want a cup of coffee, but the last thing I should have is a cup of coffee, because then I won't go to sleep until 11. And uh, we ended up getting samples of this product, Magic Mind, and I tried it, and I was like, hey, this is nice. I kind of, you know, get a little bit of, I don't need to go home and nap levels of exhaustion, and I can get work done, I can go home, I can edit the podcast, I can do all the things that I need to do without all of a sudden being like, well, also now I'm jittery and regret and have a stomach acid problem and regret drinking a giant cup of coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon, um, which is pretty great. And like, also I, as a person have been trying to cut down on my caffeine. I like overly consumed caffeine for a very long period of my life. And now it's I'm been like, his whole life, guys. Don't let him trick you. One cup of coffee. It has a been day, his please. whole life. I met this kid when he was in high school, and he <laughs> always had 17 coffees on him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm glad to have, like, some kind of energy-boosting thing that, like, helps without giving me the jitters and, like, also have being the problem of yet another cup of coffee. Um, and the other thing is I... 
Matt has given an, a taste of this as well, so he can contest. It is a earthy flavor, but like, I like it. It's got like it's got matcha in it, which is one of my favorite like delicious earthy things. That's kind of slightly sweet, um, and I think it's really good. It's herbaceous, and I. I'm it's not, definitely like, got like, like it's got like a great. It does. It's like a good earthy taste, good earthy smell. Um, like I also take a greens powder every day, and man, that stuff is nasty. <laughs> so like, to have a green drink that isn't gross, I do enjoy. Um, but yeah, so it is a fun little product that we have been uh, trying recently, and at least I know I have been really liking for the past couple times yeah, that I've. Ma- like, Magic had Mind it. did ask us to try the product for three days before we. Uh, give it an honest review and I unfortunately just got my samples yeah. today so I did taste it but I have not been doing it for long enough to give a testimonial which is why you guys get to hear Zach talk about it again this week but next time who knows we'll see um, and by the time next this time I'm going to make Zach do it because because just because just um because. By the time this episode airs, sadly, their January campaign is going to be over. But you can still go to magicmind.com and give their stuff a try. Um, we're also going to be keeping in contact with them. So hopefully we'll be able to get you a new code for February. And so if you want to try some of their stuff out and use our code, we'll get one probably for February. But yeah, that's it. Thanks again to Magic Mind for sponsoring today's episode. Thanks, um, Magic Mind. Back- Back to Scotland. Thank you. <laughs> Back to Scotland. So uh, the homework behind the uh, Nine of Diamonds is thus. Most of these theories take place during the Jacobite Rising in 1745. And long story short, it's very important because after the Glorious Revolution in England... The Catholic King James II of England was replaced by his Protestant daughter Mary and her husband William, who was Dutch and didn't have anything to say at all. Sorry, little Dutch boy. Oh, sorry, little Dutch boy. (laughs) We've said it a third time. No. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah? Huh? No. No. Little Dutch boy? Sorry, Megan. No. <laughs> this is Megan's he, nightmare. Zach's nightmare is baby dog. <laughs> Megan's nightmare is little Polish boys. Little Dutch boys. Little Dutch boy. Look at oh, me over here in my NATO horse in Megan. <laughs> <laughs> so this English Dutch power couple rules over England, Ireland, and Scotland now. Um, however, there was the rise of the Jacobites who were just like, hey, we want the OG boy James II and his Catholic bloodline to take power again. Yay, infighting. Doesn't remind me of current politics at all. Of course not. (laughs) Anyway, Scotland is naturally like, fuck the British government, and I can't blame them. And they're trying to get back their freedom. Okay, here's the thing. Let's give the British their flowers for being the only country to create uh, holiday all throughout the globe, pretty much. Because almost what? every single country has an Independence Day. And who are they being independent from? <laughs> the fucking the British. <laughs> that, you're, okay, right. You know, you're right. They, well, they you're did right, it so right. we could all have a federal holiday. Thank you for the trauma. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you, England, for fireworks and getting drunk. And tea in the harbor. <laughs> and throwing tea in the harbor. Um, <laughs> fuck, that was good. I was not expecting that. So the Scottish are backing the Jacobites for the most part because they're like, hey, man, if we can get this guy back in power, maybe he'll give us our fucking country back. Um, but the that's the background that you need to know going in. Um, the first theory is easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And that the theory is that it is called the Curse of Scotland because when it was first seen in print in 1710, it was a reference to Sir John Daryl Maple, who was the first Earl of Stair. Yes, of course. I love lamp. We're these, just are all, these are all <laughs> fucking great words that you're putting together to make sentences. So, uh, Sir John, 
his family crest was the had nine diamonds on the crest. Oh, I thought um, his family. I thought his family crest was a set of stairs. No, <laughs> just just some stone steps. <laughs> just it's just a picture of a flight of stairs. Just a glossy JPEG of stairs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, John was not a well-liked man, you see. Uh, he was a ruthless political figure and quite a shitheel, if you ask me. He was most notably known. That's a bad phrasing, but I put it in my notes, so I'm reading it. <laughs> he was mm-hmm. most known. Yes for pushing the Scots to accept William and Mary in place of King James uh, in 1688, ordering the Glencoe Massacre in 1692, and right before kicking the bucket, pushing the Act of Union with England in 1707. What an arse. Definitely cursed upon the nation. Mm. Yeah. Another theory stems from the Battle of Culloden, Great fucking name. Which was the final confrontation between the British government and the Jacobite Rebellion. The government commander, who was Duke of Cumberland... Fuck, I love old-timey names. These these names are I great. Know. Was he the originator of Cumberland's farm? Probably not. Where I you don't can, know. Where you can stop to get gas? They're, they don't sponsor this episode like Magic Mind. They don't get a say. <laughs> so uh, the Duke of Cumberland gives the order to the British troops to give no quarter to the Jacobites um, however the prevailing theory or the, the story that goes is that as he's like oh, I gotta write this down and send it on up the line he didn't have a fucking yellow legal pad at the time so he's just like well I'm playing cards with the boys because I'm a commander. The boys. I'm a commander and not a line officer. So, like, I guess I can just smoke cigars, drink brandy, and play cards instead of being on the front lines. Uh, And he was like, well, I guess I'll just write this declaration of kill everyone without mercy on the back of a nine of diamonds. Here you go, buckaroo. Send it up to the front lines. (laughs) Which is stupid. This theory is fucking stupid because it it exists, so I have to tell you about it, but it's fucking stupid, and I can't state that enough. We love because stupid not theories. Only, yeah, but, like, it's stupid. We do love theories. You know, you know that scene in Glass Onion where he's just like, no, it's just dumb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is this to me. So dumb, it's brilliant. No, no it's, it's just, just dumb. Dumb. It's it's dumb because a playing card is a dumb fucking thing to write on, and also this anecdote comes 36 years after the original saying was around, so like, fucking lion-ass British-ass Duke of Cumberland, more like Duke of fucking Bumberland-ass. Duke of Bumberland. <laughs> I needed something to be irrationally angry over, and the Duke of Cumberland is the brunt of my aggression tonight. There we go. That and the American government. That's... That's always the the brunt of my aggression, man. This is true. As it should be for all of you. Yes. Be angry, everyone. So, my favorite theory so far, and the last theory, this is a very short little bit here because it's all theories. None of it has been proven true. Um, And also, we're running out of time. I gotta hurry this fucking up. (laughs) Um... My favorite theory has nothing to do with the Jacobites and the Jacobite Revolution. That, by the way, the Jacobites lost. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Which is a shame um, because surprise. I really like their name. Yeah, right? It is a really good name. It's a great name. Um, but it stems from a tale over a hundred years older than the Jacobite conflict. During the reign of Mary, Queen of Scots, in 1560s, which Mary Queen of Scots, excellent. A lot of, lot of juicy tidbits we can talk about another time. Um, a man by the name of George Campbell sneaks into the royal palace. And when he uh, sneaky sneaks in, he attempts to steal the crown jewels off the crown of Scotland. And the heist goes horribly wrong, as most heists do. And Campbell is forced to just fucking book it on out of there. But before he leaves, he managed to pry some of the diamonds off the crown. 
Any guesses as to how many diamonds? Does he get nine? He gets nine diamonds. That's insane. Oh my god. So he he steals the nine diamonds and gets away, and the rest is history, as so they say. Um, And after the theft of the diamond, the government levies heavy taxes against the people of Scotland in order to pay for the replacements in the crown. Hence making it the curse of Scotland that these nine diamonds were lost and everyone paid the price for it. However, whether or not that story is true, uh, it is not the only time crown jewels were sought after by sticky fingers. And a slightly more interesting attempt on the English crown jewels was made by a Colonel Blood. But that is a story for another time. Goodness gracious, he always does this I can't to believe, us. Leave it I can't believe you're both doing it. I can't believe you're both doing this to me. Oh, I know, right? This is like, a, it's a it's a semi-related part to Colonel Blood, which by the way, I that's the best fucking name ever. I, I know we say that a I lot, know. but like Colonel Blood. It is a good beat name. that, please. It's not yeah. nearly as good as uh, <laughs> Countess. I'm not even going to try it. Yeah, yeah, don't even try um, but yeah, so the the Curse of Scotland, the Nine of Diamonds uh, on a deck of cards has been believed to be there for a number of reasons, or the meaning behind it has a number of theories that go with it. Again, my favorite is the Crown Jewels because I, I love heists. Who doesn't love, heists? love the term Crown Jewels as well? That's true. That's true, too. It's a, it's a great... With that... I, I finish my, my theorizing thus, uh, and Matt, I won't even cut you off. I'll just jump right into it because it's been a man, long I'm time. Looking, it's been a long time. It's been a while since it's I said been sorry. It's been a while. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you very much, all of you, for listening. Um, we love doing this show, and we can't do this show without people like you listening. So thank you so much. It is amazing. Um, a few things before we jump off. Please, we'd love to follow. We'd love it if you followed us on our socials. You can find us on Instagram at the triumvirate underscore the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. Um, you can also find us on Facebook if you look up the triumvirate productions. We do have a Patreon that is open and available. Um, we have a $3, a $5, and a $10 level that gets you a whole bunch of different bonuses, including After Dark extra bonuses, uncut episodes, um, and the other thing is access to things that we like to try out before we send them out to the public. Um, as Matt alluded to at the beginning of this episode, we now have a Discord channel that we are trying out with some of our Patreon members. The goal is to eventually open that up to the public so you don't need to pay the Patreon membership in order to chat with us but we want again we like to test things out with the more uh, exclusive group of the patreon before we just start throwing things out willy-nilly so if you kind of want to be on the jump at that stuff at the beginning head on over to patreon.com slash triumvirate productions and sign up um we also are like starting some stretch goals so if we end up making it to 150 dollars a month in patreon donations we're going to do a historical D one-shot um which should be a lot of fun um we know a lot of there's a little bit of a crossover between a lot of people who like nerdy things like history and like nerdy things like tabletop rpgs so we like to you know kind of be there for all of it um but yeah that's basically it in closing so thank you again for listening and thank you again for any of you who are patreon members and or if you just, you know, tell a friend. That also, also helps us grow. Also, shout out to the that. Patreon members that we've gotten to know over the past, like... It's so nice. So, like, I know. shout out to Alex, yeah, it's been Brittany, nice. Corinna, and Sambi, who are our people in the uh, in the chat right now. Well, they're not yeah, there yeah. right now, but, they're like, they're... They're not there right now, but... But we have been talking to them, so, like, get on their level, guys. But also, if you, can't, if you can't afford to right now, it's it's also fun. That is the other thing them. I would like to say. That's the caveat with the Patreon. Like, it's something we want to do because it's going to help us, like, eventually, like, buy better equipment and, like, kind of figure out a couple of other things that are, like, we can do with a little bit of extra cash flow. But, finally like, pay our you, interns. Finally pay our interns. But, like, if 
you can't afford to support us even at like a three dollar level don't don't do it like tell a friend and like give us a rating review on at amazon or an apple podcast and itunes and whatever and spotify but like don't break the bank over over us like just the fact that you listen and you talk about us and you think that we're fun to listen to is is so satisfying. But so yeah, if you can support us monetarily, we love it. But if you can't, again, don't break the bank over it. Like that's that's something I really want to iterate. Like in this horrible capitalist structure that we have to live and grind through, don't make us a problem. We don't want to be a problem to you. We want to be something fun. And if you come up to us on the street and say that you went broke because you subscribed to our Patreon, we're gonna be like, we told you distinctly not to do that. So your fault. <laughs> but that's it. That's I don't. What I, got. That's I don't think it. that'll happen. But like, if it does, no, I am. <laughs> I hope not. Just be, be crazy for if it us did. to be upset we, with you. We gave specific instructions. He specifically Our, told you not to do that. We specifically said no. Why isn't anyone having fun? I specifically <laughs> requested specifically. it. All right. Um, with that, guys, it is, it's been a long day. Um, not necessarily for me because I had a day off today, which is rare. But uh, for the other two, so I will end the podcast as I always do at this time of night with the same sentence that I have said since episode one. Say it with me at home, folks. What the fuck, history? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.